0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number two hundred and sixteen of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, February twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty one. My Dame, my Dame, my Dame, my great my great Dame that I have is named Josh Cannon, and I- and my name is Freckles, and I'm here with my co-host Mike. Um, but instead of asking Mike how he's doing, I'm going to tell you people how I'm doing because. Um, yeah, he's uh
1: he's going through a rough patch Drama right now. Drama
0: alert. Drama alert. Woo uh, woo woo <laughs> woo woo <laughs> Yeah, see I wanted there to be a noise and my stupid ass could have just put that in post production, but I, I'm just like I'm low I'm low budget, man. I'm low tech. I like doing it with my mouth, but Mike took the reins on that one. Um yeah, no, it's just it's I I know this show's about uh, unsolved mysteries and everything, but, um, you know... Well,
1: I mean, it is a little bit of an unsolved mystery (laughs) why this continues to happen uh, with uh, a lot of different people across the globe
0: yeah i just want to update you guys on something that's annoying me lately in my personal life that uh i just found out about recently i'm not going to go into all the details but spill that tea (laughs) no (laughs) basically i was talking to this chick for like six or seven months and like even though we weren't dating it was kind of like there was kind of implications that like we were together you know to a certain degree and um, one of my, who I thought was a good friend, um, pretty much just swooped in um, at one of my gigs. He started coming up the same time she was up there. And, you know, as he does, he would kind of like, you yeah, know, let me get, you know, whatever. Like, like, like let, let me get your number. Let me, you know, I think they're already Facebook friends or something. But anyway, he he kind of like sneakily, like behind my back, worked his way on her, and, and, and I could go into his personality, but I think he listens to this podcast every now and then, so I'm not really gonna say anything, but suffice to say, um, so, I, I basically learned a bunch of shit today that was going on behind my back between them, and, um, he, he gave her a fucking ultimatum, like, that she had to choose either him or me, and- Oh, that's fucked. Like, how- That's fucked up. how, How pathetic is that? Like, she's been with you know she's been with me for this long ass period of time and you're just gonna come in out of nowhere and you think you're so fucking special that you can that you can just go in there and give her a fucking ultimatum
1: you and- got gonna choose between me uh the guy that you just met and the the guy that you've been uh sort of dating and been with for oh. in the past six months Who
0: just the
1: audacity, right? The the audacity of of, you know someone to even propose a question like that to someone they just met is just
0: well, unbelievable to me. Apparently, they had known of each other through a mutual friend, that's Um, different. Uh, not that different you you know of someone but you've had literally like a couple of conversations with them they really no. that's
1: what i'm saying i'm saying it's different compared to what you had that's what i'm saying
0: yeah absolutely but like uh and what what disappointed me the most about that is that that he gave her an ultimatum and and that wasn't enough of a red flag for her to be like Okay, dude, you are moving in a little too strong. Like, yeah, I need to. You would distance. think that would be the the case. Yeah, so it kind of made me think. Well, shit, you know, maybe she likes him too. And then I hear that, uh, you know, stories from people saying that, uh, you know, they were making out last week and this, that, and the other. And 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 and, and yeah. Granted, her and I weren't officially boyfriend and girlfriend, but again. It was kind of like an implied thing. And I know some people might be saying, Oh, implied, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, even if you take that away, even if even if you say, Okay, Josh, you're not allowed to be mad at this, this this guy was supposedly my best friend and he loved me like a brother and uh you know and all that and and she knew that she knew he was a good friend of mine and the fact that they would just like both go behind my back and do me that way is like wow you guys are some of the most selfish motherfuckers in the world it
1: too, brutus yeah i it know e2 oh
0: man his, <laughs> it his, too. his his name would his name would go perfectly with the phrase because it has the same cadence as brute yeah e2 brute, yeah yeah uh, you know but but uh, here's the thing though like and and from this this almost sounds like a 2021 uh, edition of the josh flower diaries yeah Um, the thing is is like every year of my life seems to be like this i it's gotten it's so frequent now i call it's like a joke i call it my friend drafts just like you get drafted in football, like some people get cut yeah. and then you gain new people. That's how it is in my social life. Every fucking year, I swear to god, new people come in, old people go out, and there's that very few who survive the draft every year. And Stephanie has been one, uh Trey, my friend Trey from I, uh-huh. I mean, we've been friends since like 2011 or 2010. Yeah. Um you, but I mean <laughs> you don't really live in Jacksonville, but you know I I consider you a, a long distance. Oh, friend. Thanks. <laughs> Um I mean, the list is pretty fucking short, man. I mean, for uh, people that have survived the friend draft, um, and and now it looks like this year I'm having to cut cut a few players. Um,
1: they're getting their uh, slips in their locker.
0: <laughs> yeah so that's what's been going that's that's the most current and i mean when i say current this is this this news is so hot i had to wear pot holders even delivering it to the podcast because it, th- <laughs> i found out all this information today like i su- spicy i suspected that it was going on you know everyone gets instincts and hunches and your gut kind of tells you everything you need to know at any given point i've found mm-hmm. every fucking time my gut is always right when i'm feeling a certain way it doesn't matter what the person's telling me when my gut's telling me it's this other way. It's uh, it's always right because you just have like a sixth sense that you're putting the pieces together. And after being That's on your the...
1: superpower.
0: Well, no, I mean I think anybody <laughs> after being on planet Earth for so long and being around human beings for so long, you you learn their patterns. You learn th- the way people lie in general. You learn the the um the kind of um indicators of deception and i was seeing a lot of that and it was very subtle but i saw it and it's like i'm either being really paranoid or i am spot on and i turned ter- uh-huh. turned out i was fucking spot on anyway that's my Well, life. that's
1: unfortunate uh what i'm dealing with is actually the opposite in terms of uh, drama uh i actually had a situation at work uh and i'm pretty i've kind of hinted at it before uh and uh It's been resolved surprisingly quickly. Um, I was really shocked by how fast uh, uh, the company actually came to the aid of us, the employees, and uh, the certain uh, problem, or uh, the uh, problem maker, so to speak, Uh, they are not uh, uh, currently uh, there. At my uh, job right now, Did they're they get on moved
0: uh, or suspended. They're on
1: uh, LOA. They're on leave of absence because of you. Yeah, because of us. Yeah.
0: Wow. You're gonna have to tell me off off air what what this is. Uh, I, I know you don't really want to talk yeah. about it on the podcast, but
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I it, it just you know it makes it's a huge weight off my shoulders that uh, I and a bunch of my other employees we weren't in the wrong. We definitely saw that something wasn't uh, right and we took action. And it's, it's very uh, uh, nice to see that because we took action, things actually did happen in terms of uh, some kind of uh, uh, justice, so to speak. I think
0: that's because Mike is the type of man that demands satisfaction. (laughs) <laughs> and he will see to it that he is satisfied by the end of the day
1: no I'm, I'm headstrong i am pretty stubborn i can only take so much and when i get to the point where i feel like there's no other way to solve a situation except to uh seek uh, help Either you know by talking to somebody who is closer to the situation than I am, or otherwise, I usually do. Uh, but actually, it was one of my coworkers that you know gave me the kick in in the butt to to go out and 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 make those calls because initially, uh, I was just kind of like at that point I was like, whatever, you know, it is what it is, and. Uh, I just decided no, you know I'm not. I'll, I'll I will uh, reach out and, and see what happens because uh, what what's the worst that's gonna happen? You know I'm gonna get he's gonna let me. I I would have a wrongful termination lawsuit. <laughs> I could easily have a wrongful termination lawsuit, or at least bring something up like that. So I pretty much had all the cards at that moment.
0: Selling crafts in a cool store. Mike fought the law and he is victor Rias. I don't <laughs> and he won <laughs> I, don't know, I was trying to rhyme something with store but yeah uh, victor and now he is the victor i don't fucking know anyway this is a podcast about uh uncovering unsolved mysteries Uh, They are both Unsolved Mysteries from the show Unsolved Mysteries or the official podcast of Unsolved Mysteries. uh, There's a new episode that uh, came out this week. There is. And, um, you know, we've been since, you know, we've covered all the new Netflix ones and we've been scraping the bottom of the barrel of the original show. It's uh, it's kind of cool being able to cover. This uh, one
1: is called uh, Lost in the Ashes and uh before we get to talking about the case uh josh and i we talked about in the last podcast about that that there were
0: no ads
1: in the first yeah, episode I
0: specifically brought up yeah. if you go back like yeah surprisingly they don't have any ads and that was so nice and you're like oh well they don't need need ads and i'm like no yeah. mike that's not how podcasts work All you're pod- right yeah <laughs> what the fuck do we hear on episode number two like three ads one for better help which is funny because we've we've run an yeah, ad for better help exactly. on our podcast so yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. you know now now we have another thing in common unsolved mysteries <laughs> um and then there was like two other ones um that i can't remember One for a hair product yeah and the other one was audible Wait, yeah which uh, audible is is actually the shit i'm not getting paid to say that uh i i subscribe to audible and um yeah. i love i love the audiobooks um so yeah, the the ads are back, but uh, I I thought it was cool that at least the professional narrator guy, yeah, narrated it wasn't some it.
1: random other person.
0: Yeah, like the the sound quality didn't all of a sudden change. Like, that that happens sometimes, especially like if they forget to put the ad in during the They're like
1: oh shit, we didn't do the ad read yeah, yet. So, so they'll uh, record it, the
0: ad read on their <laughs> iPhone and then they'll just insert that audio into the podcast and it's like super awkward. Bill Burr does that shit a lot. Um, so th- this week we're going to be starting. We're going to be covering uh, the Lost in the Ashes uh, segment that um, the official Unsolved Mysteries podcast did, and just kind of give our thoughts on the case.
1: Um, I mean, the same uh, high quality uh, sound design carried over. Yes, with this particular uh, episode, I like uh, a lot of the music choices. They, it seems like they really knew what kind of mood they're trying to go for, and they kept very consistent with it. Like, when there were there was interviews with uh, the mother, and she's it's supposed to be heartfelt and emotional, they would have a music score in the background that would actually fit that instead of just this consistent droning whatever music right. throughout that doesn't really match. A lot
0: of True Crime podcasts will just do that drone. Yeah. Um, i was going back and listening to some of our older episodes i don't remember what the reason was but i actually attempted throwing music in there at one point and i remember thinking like wow that was pretty good and then i look at it and it was like in like 2017 or 2016 when i still lived at home (laughs) and had like a lot less a lot more free time and it's like oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. probably why i don't do that anymore i could i could easily do all that shit myself i think we tried
1: to do that with allogash i think at one
0: point I know for in a terms fact, of including the audio clips from that, yeah, at yeah, least yeah that the we had to scrub those. Um, I know I did my own custom music for Rick's rampage when we talked about that when he kills mm-hmm. the parents. I added I added some kind of tense music because I feel like you couldn't really set up that scene without having some kind of like music or something because it was such an intense sequence. Yeah, great reenactment by the way. God. That's one of the top ones as Yeah, I agree. Like that that was one that was uh, something
1: straight out of a, a horror film from yeah. that era.
0: So uh I, I think with this podcast though, like I, I also like how they tease what's what's to come by giving you a juicy detail. Like, for yeah. instance, at the beginning they got um Hugh Berryman is uh saying I've seen a lot of fire scenes, and if you have someone that knows what they're doing, looking for remains... I hate to use uh, the word impossible, but it's almost impossible to destroy a human body in a house fire. There's going to be bones, just pieces. There's going to be something left. Even when you cremate remains in a crematorium, at the end, there's bones left. The thing I was getting from the scene was the fact that they're finding, you know, a dog. Uh, They're finding food items, smaller animals... Should have been able to find these children if they had been in that fire, and it's like I thought that was a really yeah. cool way to yeah. start. And off. then
1: the way that they edit things, then they uh, segue right into the Unsolved Mysteries
0: theme. Yeah, and then you know the narrator. And, I uh, quite frankly, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying the podcast a lot more than the Netflix show.
1: Yeah, I got to be honest, I, I I would definitely agree with that. I think <sighs> if they're gonna do more episodes, copy this formula uh and and turn it into you know a live action get a fucking
0: narrator whatever. dude it makes yeah, such a narrator. big difference yeah <laughs> it makes a huge difference having a fucking narrator like it helps
1: a lot with the atmosphere and and whatever you're trying like, to do just, with the episode. just have
0: this guy do it he's fine he's, yeah. he's fine yeah he's not like our mvp pick or whatever but he's fine he's a fine steve french is a fine narrator so, anyway, uh, on a quiet... Uh, I'm reading the transcript here, and no copyright intended. I'm just doing this for review purposes, so John and Terry can fuck right off! Well, I
1: mean, it's a really long transcript, so I don't
0: know if I'm we're just going to go th- through I'm, the... I'm, ad- I'm just going to try to <laughs> pick up the little bits and tits here.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, All
0: right, bits and tits. That's, yes. that's a good one. <laughs> name n- name of a new segment there, uh, bits and tits. Um... <laughs> Jesus Jesus! can you motherfuckers stick to the topic at hand? Sorry. <laughs> On a quiet Sunday evening in rural Tennessee, a fire rips through a modest farmhouse. Four people are reported to be trapped inside. An elderly couple and their two young grandchildren. The inferno rages long into the night, and firefighters can do little to save the structure from burning to its foundation. In the hours and days that follow, forensic experts sift through the black ash and debris searching for a cause of the fire and the remains of the family that lived there, but it's what they don't find that turns this tragedy into a haunting and painful mystery, which really uh, verbatim reminds me of the trailer terror segment with the two girls, Christina Bible and whatever the hell the Mm -hmm. other friend was. This is also a
1: really unique uh, blend of two different uh, cases that we normally see covered on the show, where you have an arson case and then you also have a missing persons case. Very rarely are those two connected. Yeah. So that's really uh a very unique and interesting and and definitely an extra bit of intrigue for this
0: case. Um so you have Cheryl Daniel who um was one of the only survivors, I want to say, um of the fire. Uh, She said, September 23rd, 2012 was the day that it actually happened. I was at my house in Shelbyville, right next to Springfield. I was asleep, and my sister and new brother-in-law came and knocked on the door and woke me up and told me that the house was on fire. 45-year-old Cheryl Daniel bolts out of bed. The house that's on fire belongs to Cheryl's mother, Molly, and stepfather, Albert McLaren, who's fondly known as Bubba. Uh, it's also home to Chell's two young children, nine-year-old Chloe and seven-year-old Gage. Oh my god, man! This lady's fucking northern or, or southern accent is just yeah. uh, insane. Like uh, it's it's um...
1: <laughs> it sounds like the stereotypical. A uh, southern accent that people would use in like a sketch on a comedy show yeah but you but know like it's an it, actual it's the actual real thing i
0: grew up i grew up in that man and that's how people yeah. people who are like you know unassuming non-pretentious southern folk that's how they talk and they don't and and, and if you're if you so that grow, twang yeah if you grow up there you just it's yeah. normal to have people who's nicknamed bubba i mean my dad called me that all the time growing up like you know It's something that's so, like, at my core, like, of growing up and shit that uh, it it reminds me of, like, home and uh, not necessarily in, like, a comforting way, but in a familiar way, I guess you could say. Because it's like, oh, my dad talked like that and a lot of my uncles or or family and whatever. Uh So, um, yeah, I mean, this chick, Cheryl, to quote her here in her accent, she's like, it was like, oh, God, you know, my babies, mama, bubba. I got real shook up. I was trying to put my clothes on. My sister had to come and join and help me get my clothes on because I couldn't really get in them. And then when I got out there, there's no fire hydrants out there. So a fireman were having to bring water in to help put the fire out. I can't remember walking around the fire. Uh, I can remember walking around the fire looking for the way in, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't
1: remember, it would be like,
0: huh? The worst <laughs> feeling of all was not being able to help them and it, it shock. It was shock. Uh, the farmhouse is in a rural part of Mill, Tennessee, just an hour uh, south of Nashville as plumes of smoke drift across the moonlit hills. Cheryl watches the chaotic scene in horror knowing her parents and children are inside. Cheryl's sister, Pam Leverett, is with her. This is Pam speaking. The house was just completely engulfed. It was a shocking sight. It's like your world turns upside down, you know? It's like Something you see in horror movies, but you don't really expect it to ever be a part of your life. You don't think that it's really real and things like that can happen, but it has to us. And you felt helpless, hopeless. Um, it isn't long before Cheryl gets the devastating news that no one has made it out of the fire alive. As day breaks over the smoldering scene, a team of investigators called from different local, state, and national agencies begins the task of recovering the remains of Molly, Bubba, Chloe, and Gage. So,
1: So they wind up finding Molly and Bubba. I think they find those bodies. Yes. But they do not find Chloe and Cage. Is it Cage? Gage. Gage? Gage. Gage. Chloe and Gage. They don't find the children. Uh, And that's incredibly puzzling.
0: They do do find small bones, but they end up belonging to a poodle and a cockatoo. Uh,
1: Yeah, a cockatoo. So no children's bones. And that's really where the mystery uh begins. I mean, well there is also the idea that it could have been arson and I think it, I think it I think it was it confirmed to be arson.
0: Um I believe so. Let's go uh, a little bit further here. Um so then you get Hugh Berryman. and um he was one of the few uh, board-certified forensic anthropologists um, in the country. And um, see, he was saying that there are around 100 that are board-certified. And um, he was talking about how he assists law enforcement and medical examiners in the recovery of human remains, usually skeletal, and the identification and analysis of the skeletal remains. Uh, he was saying, we developed the forensic anthropology, anthropology search and recovery team. It's a team of uh, 12 incredibly good students trained to work crime scenes, and this is one of the few or maybe the only place in the country that would work with the undergraduate students that would actually go out and help process scenes and work with the uh, medical examiner's office. Uh, The lead agency investigating the McLaren fire is in the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, or TBI. When the search for the remains of Chloe and Gage comes up empty, the TBI turns to Dr. Berryman, and his team of students to perform a definitive scientific search of the rubble. They consider an intriguing theory that Bubba and Molly might have held their grandchildren close as the fire overtook the house, and Chloe and Gage's remains were possibly mixed in with the grandparents.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Hugh Berryman goes on to say actually, that first day students were asked to look at the remains in the body bag because there looked like a third remain. And I think they were hoping. This could be one of the children, and as they looked at it, they found the overall shape of what they were seeing. Uh, It may have been a dog. Bones that were exposed were not human, and they actually found bits of fur, so they can eliminate that. A lot of times it's very difficult when you get certain things in a fire. It just looks like bone, and it's not bone, and so that can be confusing. Um, So they are doing this search, and... um, let me see the double areas okay so Hugh Berryman goes on to say and I thought this was uh, I thought this was super interesting and fascinating he said there's a certain pattern when a body burns and they tend to all go through that same pattern and it's when we don't see those patterns that we begin to ask questions as why are we not seeing what we normally see there are things we know are going to happen when a body burns There's something called pugilistic posture. Pugilism is a term from boxing, and what this means is the muscles, as they begin to shrink from heat, deltoid in the shoulder, anterior and lateral deltoids are bigger than posterior deltoid, and as they shrink, the arms will tend to move forward or flex from the body and move forward. Biceps are larger than triceps. When it shrinks, it will overpower the triceps and the arm will bend at the elbow. The arms will come up so the hands are in front of the face and it looks like a boxer, a pugilistic pose that you see in boxing. I found that so morbid but fascinating at the same time. Yeah, that's the first time I had heard of that uh, as well. You would never
1: think that there would be a connection between boxing and burned bodies. Well, but like, here we are. Even,
0: even like the pattern, you know, of how, like how a yeah. body burns and how, like, when the muscles get so heated up, they start like shrinking and, and all that and, and contracting. And it's just so uh fascinating. But yet well, again, just think so- about
1: what happens with muscles uh, from animals when they're turned into beef jerky. Right. You know? Yeah. Shrink and, you know.
0: Yeah. So, um, The fire was massive, torching everything in the house. The entire structure crumbled to its foundation. And some say the heat generated by the fire reached temperatures over 1,500 degrees. That was enough to incinerate any remains of the children so they could never be, or was that enough to incinerate any remains of the children so they could not be located? Hugh Berryman responds, if you have someone that knows what they're doing, you know, looking for remains, I could say it's... You know, again, he he quotes the teaser at the beginning. I hate to say it's, to use the word impossible, but you know, even the fires that hot are going to leave some kind of remains.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I remember uh, hearing something about there was a proposed theory that maybe there was something to do with propane, like a propane tank or something that might have. Yeah, they ruled that out though. Is exploded, but then they ruled that out. So it seems like it's a case of arson and kidnapping which are, is really bizarre in terms of a cover-up for a kidnapping, you know? Uh, so We Pam- need to do something in order to distract people from uh, the kidnapping. Uh, let's burn the house down.
0: Pam Leverett goes on to say, at the time, you know, we just maybe thought it was an innocent fire a Tennessee Bureau of Investigation came over. They were talking to us, asking us questions, and they told us, "We do not believe the children were in the fire. We're not able to find any remains of them." And I remember sitting there and looking at them and thinking this all just changed. Everything has changed. I remember asking them, "Do you realize what you're saying to us at this point? This has gone from being just a house fire to possibly murder, and then our, you know, our children have been taken." And they just looked at us and they're like, yes, ma'am, we do not believe the children were in the fire. Now, what started as a house fire becomes a different kind of investigation. Was the fire on accident or was it intentionally set? And where are Chloe and Gage? Pam Leverett. A lot of speculation is what could have happened. What could have happened to two small children living in a rural area where you would have to know they were there to know that they were there. You know, it, it was in the middle of nowhere. It just seemed as though if someone did take them, they knew them. And they knew where to find them to take them. Um, facing possible a uh, case of child abduction, investigators must first eliminate obvious suspects, sh- starting with Cheryl herself. And they had to polygraph Cheryl before they could put out an Amber Alert, which she did not uh, take too kindly to. But, you know, she did it because it would help out in the investigation. Um, helicopters equipped with infrared cameras found no sign of the children in surrounding woods. Uh, did someone take them? The TBI issued an Amber Alert Friday night calling the missing children endangered. Authorities don't know what caused the fire, adding to the mystery.
1: So they don't know whether or not it was arson or an accident. Huh.
0: So then they are, um... They bring in this uh, Michael Knight guy, the program manager of Office of Public and Government Affairs. I'm sorry.
1: When I hear Michael Knight, I think of Knight Rider. I I know I can't be the only one. As soon as I heard that name, I was like, "What? The Hoff? He's investigating this
0: case along with Kit." (laughs) Dun 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 dun. Dun dun. I'm trying to do the Knight Rider theme. (laughs) So Michael Knight. Uh, Uh. Michael Knight has worked with the federal agency for 30 years. One of his biggest cases was the Oklahoma City bombing in April 95. That investigation lasted several years and involved a massive recovery of human remains, including many children. A house fire in rural Tennessee should be a relatively simple case for Knight and his team of investigators. And then Michael Knight's quote is saying, ATF was brought in fairly early in the investigation. We, We want to get out there as soon as possible for the preservation of any items that are collected. We don't know at that particular time if it's criminal or non-criminal. When you first arrive, it's a rural area and you see devastation. You could tell there was some type of fire slash explosion that occurred. We didn't know at that particular time anything about the family, but they lost everything. Not only are you looking at it from a standpoint of a fire scene, but that some family lost everything. And initially when you come out to a scene, you can easily have over 100 leads within the first five minutes, and those leads would include obtaining footage of any public safety vehicles, 911 calls, wellness interviews, That the type of scene, you know, and what did the scene look like? Was it still smoldering? Was there an Oda aroma to the scene? And and what type was it? What type of smoke? What color smoke? Did the individuals hear loud bang or boom? Um, are there any trends or tracks that we need to look at? I mean... Has there ever been a serial arsonist in that particular area? And so we look at it from all points. So we have a dozen or so folks on site, and then we have a n- numerous other resources off site that are still participating and assisting with the investigation. So we are methodically processing that scene, and we're looking at it to determine uh, what is the origin and the cause. You know, and where did the fire begin? Every piece of item that was charred or burned was sifted, and when we were sifting those items, we are looking. For anything out of the norm, was there anything we could potentially find that would indicate an intentionally set fire? Uh, Michael's team focuses on dozens of em- dozens of empty propane gas tanks found torched in the rubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would a propane tank start a fire? That's the first question that's asked. Did the propane Did the propane tank start the fire, or were they after the fir- fire started an additional cause to adding more fuel load to the fire? Did these tanks belong there or were they brought there prior to the fire? So those are the things that we're looking at. We can't necessarily rule those out. Um, And then you got Cheryl who's saying, Bubba did have propane tanks in the basement. He had those since I was nine years old, which was probably 38 years, 35 years. They had been down there. Nothing had ever happened with them. The ATF ultimately concludes that the propane tanks cannot be ruled out as a source of the fire, but there's also no evidence that they sparked the fatal blaze uh cheryl's theory is that it was arson they said that the fire had aired and vented through the door that was left open in the basement Uh, i had read that a couple of times because i was like wait a minute so the basement door was open they knew this the investigators did bubba was adamant about every night checking to make sure that basement door was locked before he went to bed every night that was his routine his habit because that's where he kept his tools And somebody had to leave, open that door to let it vent. And that was, you know, an eye opener for me. So, you know, I believe that it was arson. And because of everything that's happened with Chloe and Gage being missing and not being in the house fire, it was intentional. And then you got Michael Knight here saying, uh, you can look at different aspects of this particular fire scene and go one direction or another direction. From our standpoint, the case is still open. We're always looking for additional information that could lead not only to the fire itself, but to the big picture of the investigation. The criminal element has not been ruled out, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is a main priority or factor we're looking at. Sometimes fire scenes, there's just just not enough information at that given moment to make a determination. The answer to how the fire started and what happened that September evening eludes even the best trained fire investigators in the country. Was it arson? And if so, who set the fire? And where are the missing children? That's crazy that you can have all these experts who have decades
1: of experience and they can't really determine what caused this particular
0: fire. Yeah. <clears throat> um, investigators can't. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's
1: arson. It could just be, you know, a, an accident or something, but they just can't really pinpoint exactly what uh it is or isn't. Um, now, when it comes to uh, Chloe and uh, Gage, I think there was something later on where somebody, it's one of those, one of those instances where somebody comes forward and says they think they saw one of the kids. Uh, which that's a, that's an unsolved mysteries trope. So we're, we're continuing to check off those boxes here with the podcast. So it's definitely uh, staying true to the spirit of the original series in that regard. I think it's just the okay. nature
0: of whenever a crime happens in yeah. general. You know, you got you got people who call in and give a you know they just want to be a part of it. So they 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 give their tips like, oh, I saw my neighbor a car mysterious car drive up to my neighbor's house at three o'clock in the morning, and it's like, okay, there's no or like
1: my neighbor coming over today and let me know that somebody was trying to break into my mailbox this morning.
0: Yeah, wow. Like that. You know what I was thinking about as I'm like listening to this podcast and as I'm reading this transcript right now? I'm thinking to myself, I bet you this is a case the new show would have loved to have covered, but there's yes. no way they would have had the budget to have the no. explode, the, the uh, ha- setting a house on fire like they would have back in the olden days. Yeah, because they actually set houses on fire. Oh, yeah. The they had, dude, They exploded a church. <laughs> yeah. know, like they, they had a fucking budget back then and you know i look at the fucking reenactments on netflix they're well shot but there's nothing special going on i don't
1: i don't i wouldn't even know if they're reenactments they're just they're barely reenactments yeah they're barely
0: bare bones reenactments but i mean you take a story like this it's actually got some fucking excitement to it and mystery this would have made a great segment and you could have easily done it but you have to have that house on fire and i just well
1: they could they probably might have used stock footage or something along those lines similar to what uh other true crime shows do well you have to with cases like this
0: cheryl has to get woken up and and you know hey there's a fire we got to get out or whatever yeah. like so you, you, do, you can't really use stock footage because you need the app
1: well the- i'm just saying in terms of that that stuff you could have a room and have fake smoke in it and you could probably work around that with a lower budget uh, but I, by stock footage, I meant like the house on fire. That would probably be some kind of stock footage. If they're trying to cut around, yeah, they're trying to cut corners. Do like
0: an establishing shot of a house on fire, yeah. and then cut to a like a cheaper yeah. set, or yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, sightings of the children uh, are reported from Tennessee, California, New York, Montana, Colorado, and even Costa Rica, but none leads to the return of Chloe and Gage. Months into the search, the prospects of even finding the children look bleak until a random sighting changes everything for Cheryl. A customer at a diner spots a young girl she thinks fits Chloe's description. She's so convinced she pulls out her camera and snaps a few photos. Then you got Cheryl here saying, there was a tip that was here in Tennessee. It was February 2013 that the investigators had that and they showed me. A lady who was eating at the restaurant and had seen the story and had seen their missing pictures and took the pictures, Uh, she took several and sent them to the investigators, you know. I had looked at a lot of pictures in between this time, but I know this was Chloe. I mean, I know my child. I know it was her. They did too. They believed that it was her. It was in a mom and Pop restaurant in town in Tennessee. When someone sends in a tip, the investigators ought to be able to go right then and get them, but it doesn't work that way. These people were traveling. They paid by cash. There's no tracing them. There's no cameras Uh in the Mon Pop shop Uh or outside of the shop, you know. Get the license plates, tags, or anything like that. So I've learned to tell people, you know, if you see them, call 911 right then and get the investigators involved. Then, instead of, you know, waiting, you know, to send them in or whatever, which she could have sent them in right then. But by the time they were gone, uh, by the time they got to the police station, the pictures, these people had been gone.
1: For, well yeah you know. of course that's 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 definitely what would have happened in that scenario i think that's uh rather uh different uh, when it comes to a lot of the other cases we've talked about that somebody was actually that on the ball to take a photo
0: you know? well again a lot of the cases we talked about in the past they didn't have camera phones like yeah they do now. well there's yeah that yeah like a lot there's more that. shit has probably gotten solved uh-huh. now in the 21st century because of technology I mean, look at all the body cam shit with the police brutality and all that. Now people believe yep. it, that they see it all yep. the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know she says that, oh, I knew it was my uh, daughter, and they thought it too, but it, it would be still be nice to have some uh, photographic experts like compare uh, photos of her daughter with the photos um, to really determine whether or not for sure... They they're the same. I feel like that's another trope
0: on Unsolved Mysteries is the, the the parent of the missing child is like, I know that was my Danny. That was his curly hair and his fucking yeah. you know, whatever.
1: Like it didn't weren't there people that thought the same thing on uh the 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 with the photo with the kids in the trunk?
0: Yeah. You know with Oh there in the van. With
1: the duct tape? The in the van, yeah. Yeah. With the uh, Terra Calico. Yeah. And uh that wasn't at all related to, to, uh, uh, <laughs> that was just, a, that was case. just a
0: different set of kids who were, t- uh, tied up and, and bound yeah. and gagged. Yeah. <laughs> God, this fucking world is so fucked. <clears throat> so anyway, while struggling with the disappearance of Chloe and Gage, Cheryl confronted another demon in her life, drug addiction. Now in full recovery, she's turned her life around so she can be ready and healthy for her children's long hopeful return. Doubt it. Uh, Today, she's a certified peer recovery specialist helping others with addiction and mental illness. Yeah, for real. She also manages a sober living facility in Tennessee. It's taken me years. It's taken a lot of soul searching, a lot of time, a lot of praying, a lot of different emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of crying, a lot of tears, a lot of everything. But I had to. I had to find peace, and that's how I did it. Nearly a decade later, the mystery of what happened to Chloe and Gage continues to baffle authorities. But agencies like the TBI and the ATF have kept the case open. And have preserved many items and evidence recovered from the scene, and um, they just all they're really able to do is uh, every few years they do age progressions of uh, Chloe and Gage, and um,
1: yeah, uh, and it it really is a, a a tearjerker to hear her talking about what what she thinks that her kids will look like, and you know, being very hopeful and uh, about her kids returning. And uh, the music definitely helps, too, because it definitely does tug at the heartstrings just by itself. But um, I'm with you. I just I don't think at this point, the odds are incredibly slim that uh, she'll see her kids again. Now, now it is there is a chance that they might technically be alive. um, But uh, there's also a chance that. Uh, the people that uh, took the kids, uh, they uh, either sold them into, you know, child slavery or por- pornography or you know that kind of stuff, or uh, they just uh, wound up using them for labor and then t- took care of them, killed them somewhere, and you know moved on to the next uh, batch of kids. Because I, I, I would not be surprised that there is, you know, some. Group that goes around and kidnaps kids, you know, and uses them for uh, various
0: different means. God, I'm looking at the age progression pictures, and they're
2: mm-hmm.
0: they're kind of like uncanny valley looking. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope
1: I hope she sees her kids again. I I do. I mean, I, it's just. Judging by what usually happens with these cases,
0: it, it's it, it's not very likely. Sadly, sadly, and and it's so rural and like you know, yeah. like she's saying, it's like you'd have to you'd have to know the kid, like you'd have to already know that those kids were out there. And it and- sounds
1: like they've already crossed off relatives and other people that she knows personally. So it's like, who was it? Who took the kids? Because I don't buy the fact that they were burned to the point where there's nothing left.
0: No, I mean you got like all these the expert like, experts says, and shit in there. Like they yeah. would have, they would have figured it out.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a mystery. It's a good case to to uh, pick for uh, for the podcast for sure. Right. So the next case is uh, a little more lighthearted. Um it, it it's a little depressing in, in some ways but uh not nearly as much and um uh, I picked this case because it uh, apparently uh occurred in Vancouver, Washington. So uh I was just watching this episode which I uh, it's season uh it's episode 5 on season 10 for those of you who are curious on the amazon and this uh, is a Film nice Rise classic releases.
0: block of unsolved mysteries ghost cheese yes
1: yes um uh, nice uh block of Velveeta, and uh i had to do a double take when i first heard robert stack say vancouver washington because <laughs> usually it's vancouver canada you know it's never vancouver washington
0: yeah i mean that's how i am anyone's like talking about um like anytime i hear like when we're watching like mcmillions and they're like jacksonville florida i'm like what the fuck
1: yeah but i mean that's probably a little more common than vancouver washington um because there's uh, i I mean just vancouver washington and or just there's a lot of cases that have happened in washington but uh florida is definitely not uncommon on the show (laughs) Um, that seems to be like the place where, uh, at least 50% of the fugitives try to hide out in, right? They, They leave and then go try to hide in Florida somewhere. So anyway, uh, this isn't about, uh, fugitives or anybody hiding. Uh, this, this is a, is a ghost case. Uh, it's, uh, the case of the woods home haunting or the haunting on 37th street. So in December of 1994, Ed and Mary Woods and their two daughters moved into a house in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, it I looked it up. It it it's a little ways away from where I am. Like it's not super close. But the establishing shots of the house, it looked very familiar to the kind of houses that I see over here with the, with the uh, the trees and and just with with the with the presentation of a lot of the cul-de-sacs and a lot of the uh, places around here, it almost looked like a place that I would see in my neighborhood. So it was kind of e- extra eerie in that, in that regard. Um, so about seven months later, strange events began occurring. Mary claimed that she began hearing the sound of a music box playing. Uh, I thought that was pretty uh, spooky. I, I thought you know, I thought that I thought the segment did a good job in terms of creating an atmosphere. Uh, it, it is a little cheesy at times or corny. I don't really normally like using the word cheesy because too many uh, people nowadays lazily apply that to uh, things. Uh, oh, that movie's so cheesy, or or you know that TV show sucks because it's so cheesy. You know they use it to denigrate unsolved mysteries as a whole. Uh, the nuance of mysteries is so much better than the cheesy old Unsolved Mysteries show. Uh,
0: um, this, this segment definitely gives people ammo for the argument that, uh, Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> was a, was a cheesy, <laughs> was a cheesy show. <laughs> In my opinion, I think, I think Mike likes this segment more than I do. Um, but, uh. Back when I so when I had the ultimate collection box set before they brought all the Uh episodes back everywhere now they're all over the place but in that in the desert wasteland times in the two thousands when you couldn't find the show anywhere um, this this fucking episode was like my last like resort on the ghost uh, DVD.
1: Well, I mean, compared to the other segments on that DVD, I mean, yes, it is the lesser. It's the least, uh, quality episode, you know, but I, I, I mean, I don't think there's enough av- for, to say the whole show is cheesy.
0: Well, no, I'm not, no, I'm not saying the whole show, but I'm saying this is, this is what people, um,
1: <laughs> well, I think I, I look at it as it, it's, it's, a certain kind of charm to it. You know, that's, that's how I view it. Um, but anyway, uh, she uh, Mary begins hearing this music box. And to be honest, putting myself in that position, that would be really uh, quite a uh, spooky situation. Um, she searched the house and determined that it was coming from Ed's office. However, when she looked around, she could not find it. She continued to hear the noise on several occasions. Ed claimed that at one time, uh, while he was in his office with the door closed, he uh, saw someone playing with a doorknob, uh, believing that it was his daughter.
0: Um, he took off I his think, belt and he took yeah. a swig of Jack Daniels, and he's like, "No, you motherfucker! I'll teach you."
1: That's not what happened at all. Like that's, exactly
0: that's not. What that, can you imagine if that did actually He was actually a raging in, alcoholic. He's like, if
1: that actually did happen in the, in, in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, he, he's with he's swearing he's and all, everything,
0: drunk during the interview, and and he's like. Yeah, bitch She's always fucking with my door when I'm trying to when I'm trying to have my alone time in my office. Cause my whore of a wife don't put out no more. So I thought it was my little shit stick of a kid. So I pulled my belt off and I was about to whoop her something real nice. I was about to whoop her into next Wednesday. And then when ain't nothing was there, I thought it was just the, 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 the delirium tremens from not drinking all day. And I was just hallucinating. But no, it turned out to be a ghost instead. Delirium
2: tremens?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an actual term. Okay. When, you, when you're like a hardcore, hardcore alcoholic, and then you stop drinking, you get the DTs. And um, oh, okay. it can cause you to shake, and can cause you to hallucinate, you can even die from DTs
1: seriously though uh none of that happened
0: no it it, uh in 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 my in my fanfic it did
1: (laughs) the guy was actually a really nice guy and uh no he was was, i I guess you could look at him yeah you could i mean yeah he was nice but you could look at him as being corny for sure he's a cornball um
0: but from what i saw it didn't seem like he was a, a bad person or no anything. no he seemed like a really good dad i'm just giving i'm giving a hard time he's probably dead now anyway because the show's so old so Rest uh
1: he thought it was his daughter and he thought uh okay i'm gonna catch her in the act and and uh spooker beater
0: um uh, uh, what is up with you <laughs> i don't know this dude. Thing? i don't know i'm in a weird mo- say- i'm in a weird mood man i'm in a weird mood
1: he, want, he wants to beat something, that's why. He, to, he's, he's, he was he's, trying
0: to beat his dick in his office, that's why he was so mad when he got oh interrupted. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Alright, Mike, your, your challenge for this week is to get through the rest of this podcast <laughs> with the mood that I'm in <laughs> now. <laughs> you have a grave challenge ahead of you.
1: Okay, Um. so he tried to spook her, and uh, but there was no one there. He uh, checked, and then he realized that everyone in the house was asleep. So understandably, he was a little creeped out by that. Uh, Mary then uh, contacted a seismologist who confirmed that there was no evidence of seismic activity at that time, because there was this, there's this belief that seismic activity can cause these kind of things to maybe occur because of uh, energies mm-hmm. within the Earth, or uh, so on and so forth. So on another night, Mary saw the ghostly figure of a woman wearing a scarf around her head and a long flannel nightgown. She determined that it was of a former resident who died of cancer. And uh, yeah, they did some research, and yeah, it was a former resident who uh, died of cancer. And uh, she uh, apparently lived in that nightgown because she was in such bad shape. Uh and uh she started checking in on her daughters and unlike some other uh parents when this kind of thing would happen uh she didn't react defensively or or anything like that and and I could see why somebody would react that way like oh my god a fucking ghost going into my my kids bedroom like get out of your ghost stay away you know get away from her you bitch
0: Uh, The thing I, uh, the thing I I hate, like, the thing that, like, I can't, like, it's hard for me to suspend my whatever-you-want-to-call-it-on with the ghost stuff is, um, I just, I guess being in the production side of things for so long, I just know that the the person's, like, green-screened into it, the scene, and they they just, like, lower the opacity down on the person uh to where they look see-through, and... Yeah. um and it just it's just the the ghosts they just don't they look cheesy um well I,
1: I i to be honest i mean for the time i will take that over a cgi ghost i'm sorry like i i will i will take the opacity being lowered and and, and using real people um i
0: don't know if i've seen a, a cgi ghost before uh-huh
1: Go ahead and watch the 2016 uh, Ghostbusters movie, and mm-hmm. then you know the one with the women, the woman. Yeah, it's all it's all uh, the ghosts are all glowing and different colors and and awful. I'll take uh, you know see through ghosts, and it actually fits more of what a lot of people are talking about when they see an apparition. It see it seems to be very. Uh, uh, close to what an actual person would look like, uh, with complete with colors sometimes, and and not just just straight up uh, a spectral uh, outline. Um, and that would make sense if it is uh, a psychic memory, which is one of the theories that there are psychic memories that are implanted in certain places uh, that. Uh, have had extreme grief or there's some kind of uh, murder or some kind of event that has occurred that has left a psychic imprint. So uh, it it would make sense that the psychic imprint would look more like a photograph. So she uh, saw this woman. Uh, she wasn't, in fact, she was like, I didn't really sense that, it was uh, uh, a threat. Um, and the local newspaper then published a story about uh, the haunting at the Woods home. After it was published, a woman contacted Mary. Uh, she said that she was a friend of the woman's. She also said the woman and Mary could pass as twins. This, they also had this theory that this could be the reason why the ghost is attached to Mary in the house. Which has a first I don't remember ever hearing on this show or any other paranormal uh, show that I've seen where, oh yeah, the reason why you're dealing with a haunting of this lady is because you look alike. That's why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, kind of stupid. Yeah. Um...
1: Ed uh, then later saw a figure of a man standing in the living room who appeared to be a riverboat
0: gambler. Oh, God, that one was so dumb. He was just, yeah. it was like just a stationary yeah. ghost. Yeah. And it's just this bald guy, like with the look like a turn of the century riverboat captain with the mutton chops mm-hmm. and the, the, the fucking. He looks uh, like a gambler. Yeah. It looks like the
1: Vegas, Vegas gambler, the, the guy who, with the yeah.
0: things, the little cuff link things around their arms mm-hmm. and all that. And he's just, with a ribbon tie. Yeah, yeah, he's just standing there stationary, just looking like boop, 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 boop. boop. That's what it's. It's looking like Mario. Yeah, kind of.
1: <laughs> it's fucking Mario over here.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, I would just, I would, I don't know, I would laugh at that, and then he would, the ghost would probably get insecure and leave.
1: <laughs> i'm just imagining that scenario
0: like like he's the just standing there like yeah look
1: at this mario brothers looking motherfucker yeah, over here
0: and then just like a tear goes down the ghost eye and then he just fades out <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or just be like how rude
0: <laughs> he says he's fading out he's just like jeez don't have to be so mean <laughs> now I'm gonna give you a hand job in the shower for that one
1: uh, so yeah the riverboat gambler uh, the the way Ed describes him too is weird because it's like he didn't move he didn't do anything it's like then why is the ghost even appearing to you like what he's not even trying to show any kind of message or anything or display any sort of um, um, tricks or whatever it's Just just standing there uh or that you know if that's the only ghost that i saw i'd be like hey you know all right but like wouldn't that be kind of la- wouldn't that be lame like if the only ghost you ever saw in your entire life is the riverboat gambler guy just standing there looking bored
0: i wonder what would happen if you like walked through the the ghost would you instantly just take a dump like as soon as you walked through the ghost just,
1: no, it probably would just be one of those instances where it would just be really cold, from what I've heard.
0: Well, yeah, the Black hole the Black of course, the guy dove through the ghost, and, and he, yeah, it was like this sticky cold, that's yeah. it was how he described sticky it.
1: Sticky cold, ugh.
0: Yeah, I know, well, fucking welcome to every winter in Florida, but, you yeah, know, that's a different story. Well, I mean... Is it really that cold in Florida, though? <laughs> well, we have humidity. Yeah, it does get kind of cold. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. y- y- all you other motherfuckers are probably... You gonna... get
1: sticky heat. I know that for sure.
0: Uh, it's sticky cold, too, because it's always humid. There's always humidity. Yeah. it's always There's always wetness in the air. So then it gets so, cold, and it fucking sticks to you, and it uh-huh. sucks.
1: So another apparition seen by both Ed and Mary is this little girl who they call Pinky... Um uh apparently she giggles. Uh Tee-hee. and uh, <laughs> at first Mary assumed that it was her youngest daughter giggling, but when she looked down she noticed that her daughter was asleep. Uh the next one though is is This is the one where things get uh really uh <laughs> quite
0: hilarious, if you ask me. She starts to stink up the, the joint, if you ask yeah. me at this point. There's a, a,
1: a spirit that apparently would feel up people while they're taking a shower.
0: They would give, so, as they like to describe, special hugs. This particular ghost, <laughs> and that's all they—that's the only way they kept uh, describing it. This ghost would give special. What, what is the ghost giving? Mouth hugs? Is that what special hug is like? Are we talking a blowy? Are we talking like a? <laughs> What
1: kind of a is, he, is he? Is he fingering? You know, is he doing a fingering? Is he doing the shocker? Is, is and he, then it uh, happened to.
0: They thought the ghost was uh, a female, but uh, or, or or like you know, just only only fucked with the guys. Yeah. But Then the wife's in there, and then they're interviewing the wife, and the wife is just so cheesy how she says she's like, um, I think the ghost likes both sexes so now you have a bisexual ghost that's yeah. feeling people up in the shower and it's just like hey Cut me a break. it was
1: progressive the show was progressive oh, yeah, uh, before you know it was it was uh woke woke on soft yes, mystery very woke indeed the, the woke uh, bisexual ghost Jesus um Christ. yeah that that is that is pretty corny but i think that just to me it, there's a certain charm to that it's it's endearing in in some way you know that there she's so confident in her corniness that she'll go on TV and is, and say things like oh the, the ghost gave people special hugs and uh, uh, I, I think he's into both sexes or she or whatever it is. So, um, when Ed's son came to visit, he also felt the strange shower ghost, uh,
0: the shower ghost.
1: Like, every I first heard that, I was like, the shower ghost? Come again? Really? Can
0: you, can you me too a ghost? (laughs) Is that possible? To cancel the shower ghost. Yeah, can you cancel, can you cancel that ghost? (laughs) That is not Okay. No! Oh my God! It just stuck a finger up my ass. I said no! Goddamn ghosts, apparitions. Good. I'm glad you're dead.
1: <laughs> so the ghost grabbed her by the pussy.
0: Yes, it was a um, um, it was a <laughs> maga ghost. Oh my God. Uh, i mean i could shit. see donald trump's ghost doing that honestly <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do now well you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna impeach me a third you're gonna impeach my ghost i don't think <laughs> so there's nothing you can do now i can do whatever i want As <clears throat> uh, my best possible trump impersonation here that was
1: way better than anything i could have uh attempted there
0: he's got a hard um, he's got a hard voice to uh impersonate
1: so they dealt with the shower ghost. I mean, just the way that they're just—all these ghosts are peering in their home, and they're all like really chill about yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're
0: they're quite flippant about. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh like, no, I, you know, we're not gonna move out. That's
1: fine. I mean, I would be like. There's a fucking ghost who's hugging me and touching me in the shower. This fucking ghost is raping me in the shower. Let's get the fuck out of
0: here. The, the, the husband probably likes it. He's like, oh, more action than I've gotten from my wife this whole year. <laughs> my plow oh, horse man. of a wife.
1: Oh, shit. So, uh, also, they were dealing with other poltergeist activity, things getting knocked over or floating throughout the house. Um, the woods still can't explain why their house is haunted or why they're, yeah. Um, which is the usual, uh, thing that goes on with hauntings. Um, they then had a ghost expert, which Robert Stack called him a real-life ghostbuster, (laughs) which I was like, oh, man, that's, that's funny. We called in a, uh, Ghost expert, a uh, uh, real life ghostbuster, if you will, named Lloyd Auerbach, uh, called him in to investigate the Woods house. When he first visited, he used a magnetometer, which detects whether or not there's electromagnetic pollution. Uh, the device spiked several times, uh, most notably in the back bathroom, the living room, and the hallway. These locations are where most of the supernatural phenomena occur. He couldn't find any natural explanation for what was happening there. So he didn't really bust any ghosts. That's why I thought it was funny that he used Ghostbuster, because None of these ghost experts, they don't bust any ghosts. They don't catch them. they They don't catch them in the
0: act of doing anything. I bet <laughs> if they looked hard enough in the shower, they could have found some of the husband's ectoplasm, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. After all those special <laughs> hugs. Of female uh,
1: yeah, nature he, yeah He's there's a different kind of busting that's going on yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah, exact. yeah it gives, with, with that it scenario ghost
0: buster is a different uh connotation <laughs> when you're talking about special hugs oh uh, and the whole uh
2: busting makes me feel good <laughs> i
0: ain't afraid of no ghosts. in fact i'm uh, turned on by the ghost yeah yeah <laughs>
1: So, um, the woods were apparently later interviewed by Larry King about, about their experiences. The late Larry King, um, this is one of those cases where, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to believe it because I'm open to these kind of things, but there's just so much and so many different kinds of apparitions and we got shower ghosts. It's like I I don't know about this. Like it just sounds like a lot of it is very exaggerated.
0: Dude, fucking Larry King, it was so old. That's 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 the the least saddest way to die is getting so old that when you die it's news for like half a day and people move on because it's just so not a fucking nobody's going to be like he died at the ripe old age of 89, you know. The, the no one's even gonna ask like i guarantee I think he might have been older than that but yeah probably no not a single person probably asked hey what did larry king die from it's just a, a given he died because he was 107 he was <laughs> i mean you know you just yeah. your body stops working it after you've been on the the marble the blue marble for you know a fucking century mm-hmm. it's it's like it's that that Chris Rock bit where they're like, uh, you know, when you, when you get to a certain age, uh, a- a- anything uh, that kills you is natural causes. He's like, he's like, John McCain could have gotten hit by a bus tomorrow and it would be natural causes. When you're that old, everything's a natural cause for why you die. I, th- I think I'm butchering the bit, but it was funny when he said it. But uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, no, he, it was... Uh, rest in peace and all but i i i personally never i never really understood um what what larry king brought to the The table yeah Yeah, the appeal of larry king i I didn't i didn't get it either yeah like he but he's he's like pretty notably uninformed about most of the guests that he has on his show like he, he i
1: think what happened with him is that she got it at the right time and he had been doing it for so long that you know people were just like oh yeah he's a, he's the thing
0: there's this one infamous like video you know? <laughs> clip of uh jerry seinfeld on the larry king show and i think it was like a year after seinfeld went off the air and larry was a- larry asked some stupid fucking question um he's like yeah so seinfeld it's ended right and Jerry's like, yep. And he's like, yeah, it was a pretty successful show, huh? And Jerry's like, uh, it was the number one show for like, you know, however many years. And Jerry kind of <laughs> flipped out too. He's like, you know, he's like, like, how do you do any research for these uh, interviews? It was the number one show for, you know, I don't uh, know how many years, but... um." Did you do any research, Larry? Yeah, and and Larry's uh, Jerry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you and Jerry's just doing his kind of like passive aggressive uncomfortable laugh that he does and um it was just just and, and I've heard other comedians comment about mm. how they've been on his show and he does absolutely like no research for anything. He just is kind of just given Almost like the Queen of England has no real power. They're just like, ah, you know, just give it to her. I think that's how, in in the world of of news, I think that's how Larry King was.
1: That's what what happened with Larry King. He got in with the right crowd. He made enough of a stamp early on in his career. And uh, he just became a thing. And then it was just accepted uh, in all of these different circles that Larry King is a thing. And you should go on the Larry King show. And do an interview. Right. For a part of the publicity uh, tour for you know certain celebrities, um, but yeah, when it comes to the Woods home, uh, I really don't have much else to say about it other than uh, maybe I doubt, I really doubt that there was a shower ghost. But okay,
0: I don't fucking know, man. I you know I I believe that stuff. Bothers- I buy
1: the I buy the cancer lady that's the one that makes the most sense to me because there's actually some kind of connection to that house the other ones there really isn't as much connection you haven't really heard any sort of concrete connections so the one that i do buy is is the the gal who's in the gown with the cap and yeah had cancer all
0: right now we're going to move on to the perks of being a josh flower as if you didn't get enough adult version of that at the beginning of this podcast um so Pud? yeah like balls <laughs> balls so as you like the soda <laughs> there was a balls soda yeah it's called balls that was very ballsy of them to name it that yeah it
1: was a balls drink it, it was it came in a glass bottle and the and it, it was a balls with a z yeah balls wow
0: that that sounds like uh an episode <laughs> of behind the fail
1: Yeah, drink some balls. God. (laughs) What are you drinking? Balls. (laughs) That's like
0: that stupid bang energy drink. Bang! Like, God. Yeah, that's really popular, though. Oh, I know. I think my mom even drinks that shit. I drink Monster, because I'm old school. Um... Yeah, anyway, as I was saying, this is the perks of being a Josh flower. I found my diaries uh, from when I was a teenager, and I read them on here. And, um, yeah, you get to cringe at how ignorant I was and how pathetic I was and how uh, apparently blue-balled I was as a uh, desperate uh, 16-year-old and um, later. And we are picking up at um, Thursday, February 9th, 2006. Yeah, so me and Stephanie are friends again with no chance of advancement. Casey hasn't called me since I got mad at her. No other prospects in the works. School is going okay. I can drive. I need a job and to be in a band. That's what I would like. Not having any panic attacks, thank God. Oh yeah, that Rickenbacker took too long, so I ordered a Fender Showmaster guitar with a floating bridge and a custom 18-inch crash cymbal. Uh, yeah, my stupid bandmate years later would go on to steal that Fender Showmaster, that cocksucker. Hopefully it will hurry the fuck up. Dude, still having weird thoughts about hurting my mom. Why the hell? It's like the nicer she is to me, the more those thoughts seem to creep up. It's like my mind loves to feed off the fact that thinking the opposite of what's appropriate just fucks with me. I think I'll be okay someday, maybe. My brain is against me, man. I don't know what it is. Pray for me, guys. I need some God. So funny how goddamn Faux spiritual I was back then. Yeah, religious. I, yeah. I didn't believe it, but I just couldn't.
1: I need Jesus. I need to come to Jesus moment.
0: Oh, okay. I got I got an angry one coming up here. Monday, Alrighty. Monday, February thirteenth, two thousand six. Okay, know these few facts, Zanga. Number one, I hate my Spanish teacher and hope for her death. Two, I hate school three i hate trinity christian academy what
1: the hell did the spanish teacher do
0: (laughs) to Um, make you want i remember i remember what she did like really i remember what she did and this is this is a classic case of me blaming others for my own fuck-ups i did the old-fashioned cheat sheet and i put it in the pocket of my hoodie oh you
1: fucking dumbass yeah and we were doing a
0: spanish test and she caught me cheating and she she wrote me up for cheating and that 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 that's
1: that, that's your fucking fault i know but i blamed <laughs> i blamed
0: her i even said when she took me outside to confront me about it she i i she, you know she's like I'm, I'm writing you up for 10 demerits i literally i say to her i say why are you doing this to me oh my god so you're like
1: <laughs>
2: why are you doing this to me i didn't do anything wrong
0: no josh why are you doing it to yourself you got <sighs> caught fucking up but yeah um, three I hate Trinity Christian Academy and all the people who work for it oh jeez, god this next one I will not read out loud wow I came a long way in my views towards certain groups of people wow okay uh number five I hate Spanish number six my bible teacher is a douchebag and he was Mr. Yerby god I hated that motherfucker uh Wednesday February 15th 2006 talk to Casey we might be dating later on now we are definitely friends with benefits if we ever even see each other and we might be hanging out over the summer that would be so cool school fucking sucks fuck Denise Fye that was the lady who wrote me up Mrs. Fye (laughs) but uh anyway my Fender Showmaster should be coming anytime I hope it's sweet as shit all right was it Yes, it was a really good guitar. I fucking love that goddamn guitar and fucking Preston who has also OD'd from heroin, so he's not even alive anymore. Fucking Preston. <laughs> uh he he's uh, stolen uh sold it for drug money.
2: Ah, wow, what a prick.
0: Yep, but what, that's what heroin addicts do though. They can't help it. All right. Uh March 2nd. Maybe
1: uh you know the friend draft is you know, kind of a good thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Cycle I, out, yeah, fucking... you know,
1: people like, like that before they, you know, steal from you. Steal more than just your
0: lady. Yeah, yeah. Stealing physical property <laughs> is a lot sleazier, I think. I think. It depends on how close you are to the girl. I mean, either way, trust is broken, and that's a big thing with me. You have to be able to trust the I people. I think it's
1: equally life. sleazy, to be perfectly honest. Yeah,
0: perhaps. That, that might be a good question to pose. Which is sleazier. Um, Anyway, Thursday, March 2nd, 2006. Man, I am tired of girls. Everyone I like doesn't like me, and they lead me on. Then, Mm -hmm. then like like someone else. I'm tired of them. I got my... Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) Prophetic.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) I got my Fender Showmaster. It is kick-ass, and my Rickenbacker should be coming, too. That's cool. College scares me, and I'm so afraid of growing up transitioning from a teenager to a man is going to be a rough, rocky one, but hopefully God will be there for me. And I need to be there to let him tell me what I need to do because he's the only one that can help me. Okay, well, I'll see y'all later. Bye. Okay. Um... I know some people, you know,
1: it helps them to have uh, guidance in their lives, but I I do think there are certain people who... uh, use religion as a crutch to be like oh it'll guide me you know i will go wherever you know this guides me and and sometimes it's not always the the right path sometimes you need to kind of think for yourself and i I think some people they actually get so used to that that uh they kind of uh, have a hard time being independent and thinking for themselves it's a lot of, well, you know, it'll all work out, you know, it'll all da-da-da-da-da. I don't have to do anything. Uh, the Lord above will uh, fix it. You know, it gets so so bad to the point where people are like, oh, I don't have to take my medicine. Oh, yeah. you know? or, or, or you're not you know, you're, you're not autistic. You know, the Lord will cure you of your autism and it's like uh, you know, you need to, need to have a little more realistic <laughs> goals
0: right um in the next post i just named 10 girls that i really want to date and as i'm reading through the names i'm I'm remembering all these girls and yes they were all fucking hot as shit um and and but and way out of your league oh Absolutely, fucking Lotley. Um and, and <laughs> a million light years away. When I said date, I think I what I meant to say was fuck. Well maybe that's what twenty year old Josh would say. Maybe maybe sixteen year old Josh did actually have a heart that actually only wanted to like have a real relationship and not just look at the sexual side of things. Um all right, this, is a, this is a doozer. Sunday, March twelfth. Yeah, it's 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 a doozy. Su- <laughs> Sunday, March twelfth, two thousand and six. All the girls that are my friends are like the biggest prudes I have ever met. None of them want to fool around just for the heck of it. It's so gay. Because I know a lot of people who have girlfriends who are willing to do that. But does Josh, referring to myself, no. In my opinion... Are they
1: Christian girls? Yes.
0: Their vaginas were sealed up tighter than Fort Knox at the school <laughs> so, I
1: went to. I mean, that that makes sense that they're prudes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. If I went to... I said this a million times. If I had gone to papa school, I would not have had... The girl problems I had at private school. But anyway, um, in my opinion, lately I think I've been slimming down, which makes me happy. And I got eight hours community service yesterday for working at my grandparents' house. I need so much more, though. This will make 16 hours community service. Damn, I need 50 to impress colleges. That's a lot of fucking community service. That's a week and a fourth at Bacardi of straight work. And they don't have to pay you. I bet colleges have worked out a deal with high schools in the city because, think about it, every kid is pretty much going to go to college. So if all of them are doing work for free, that's like a billion hours of free labor at no expense to the city. Community service is bullshit. So is GPA, or the 3.0 GPA. That's kind of damn high in today's society. If you ask me, they should lower it to 2.8 or 2.9. But anyway, I have a shitload of things to do tonight. And as for problems, hmm, what new problems have surfaced in my life? It was weird because the other day I woke myself up because in my dream I heard this sound of like a zipper zipping up really fast, that zip sound. And then when I woke up, up, the sound was in my head. It like wasn't a real sound. Weird. I freaked out because anytime I have something weird happen to me, I I automatically think it's not going to go away and I'm just going to go crazy from whatever it is. But it went away in like a few minutes. Gosh, man, what the fuck is my problem? I must be losing my damn mind but anyway i I mean can you imagine if that did go on yeah you know that
1: kind of thing i could totally see why some people completely just lose their minds if they're just constantly hearing these auditory hallucinations and they're not going away
0: right yeah man i'm still like that anytime something new happens to me that's uncomfortable i'm like oh this is gonna last forever i'm gonna go crazy from it so some things never change um uh, I probably lose my damn mind. Uh, anyway, I bought new strings for my Showmaster. I really uh, think I've been getting uh, better at guitar. That scale book I bought has added new flavors to my scales. I'm glad of that. I just gotta learn them good. Man, I want some fucking action. I gotta get a booty call from somewhere. I'm tired of this shit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, um, not next week, but the week after is spring break. That's good. I just don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I have nothing planned, and I'm sure all my friends are going to go on, quote, church retreats, end quote. Or Josh will go on a huge worldwide tour with his band. Looks like Stephanie will be my main man that week. Oh, oh, and I get to watch Unsolved Mysteries all that week. Sweet! On a different note, the note of A, I wish I wasn't so afraid to sleep at night. The time starts creeping up, and I do not feel like going to bed because I'm kind of scared. I'm scared of what thoughts are going to pop in my head. I'm scared of what noises I hear and if they're going to be real or not. I'm scared of what sacrilegious thoughts I'm going to have at the end of my prayer that will steal my sleep by pumping adrenaline into my brain. I'm scared of all that. So that's why I prolong the awakeness by not going to sleep. Every night it's about 11 p.m. or 11.30. That doesn't seem that late, but a lot of times it's later. Well, okay, I need to get started on my fucking homework, but first I'll outline my four-day weekend. Wednesday night, spent the night with Josh, went to his church that night. Good Lord, Holly is hot. Then after church, we went to the Loop, (laughs) and I drank a shake. And then Josh was being gay, and he went to sleep really early, which wasn't that... What's the Loop? Uh, It's a pizza place. Oh, okay. Uh, He went to sleep really early, which wasn't that early, but I was kind of uh, pissed. Thursday, me and Josh woke up. I ate waffles. He went back to sleep watching the Chappelle show. Man, that kid is ripped. But it's because he has no fat on his body whatsoever. It sucks. I would look like that too if I had no fat on my body. Me and Josh had an awesome jam session. Now, yeah,
1: sure. If you didn't, if you worked out on top of that too. Yeah, I know,
0: right? Well, he never worked out. He just—he literally had no body fat. So it's like any muscle oh, okay. tone you could see. Um, okay. and he like grew up skateboarding and surfing and shit so i think it was just natural that he was a little bit more toned than the average
1: person. yeah i mean that does happen with some people but i mean if he's skateboarding and he's doing a lot of surfing then he's still you know getting a good amount of physical exercise yeah
0: um friday picked stephanie up went to the mall stole an air freshener i remember stealing that air freshener why uh i went to yankee candle and i wanted the the citrus air freshener for your car and it's like uh-huh. it's like 12 and it's like really small and i'm like fuck that i'm not paying 12 dollars for this so i just put it in my pocket <laughs> and walked out i'm not really the kind of guy mm. that steals from stores but i just i don't know every now and then i'll do it Uh, I got super lost
1: every now and then like that wasn't the last time yeah I stole uh... a
0: pack of monster energy drinks uh at Walmart the other day I I did the self-checkout and I just didn't I I paid for I paid for everything else in my buggy I just didn't pay for that and you know it's easy to it's easy to get away with that in the self-checkout I don't do it I don't do it often but you know those monsters it's like 16 bucks for a 12 pack I'm not paying that (laughs) I don't like, I don't like, think it's right that I do it. I don't advocate people doing it, but I do it every now and then.
1: Mr. Uh, shoplifter over here admitting that the, the, uh, I mean, still, uh, if you're
0: if you're not honest with yourself, Mike, what are you? <laughs> um, uh, stole air freshener, got super lost on the way to Patrick's concert, finally got there, met Zach's girlfriend. She's kind of hot. That Zach is the one who OD'd recently. Has really nice boobs, but she was like, I don't know, seemed fake to me. But I could just be jealous. Then me, Zach, Stephanie, and his girlfriend went to Starbucks. And the thing I got was super fucking expensive and really small. Saturday, worked out at my grandparents' house. Got my community service. Got sore. Sunday, stayed home. Bored as fuck. Sunday, sucked, Not because of God. I love God. But because it's like a school night without school. Okay. Well, we'll do one more and then we'll call it a night. Tuesday, March fourteenth, two 2006. 2006. Okay, so today was kind of redundant. I feel like the same thing has been happening for years now. I go to school, piss a whole group of people off, and everyone hates me. That's how I roll, it seems. So I pissed this kid off today because his butt buddy got expelled, and I didn't like that, the kid, so I was talking to my friend Brian in the hall, and I say, I'm glad he's gone. He's, I said, I'm glad that he's gone. Maybe now I won't get laughed at every time I ask a question in math class. And apparently he heard me, and so he went up to my friend Josh, and he goes, Hey, you know your fat friend Josh Cannon? And he's like, Well, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. And firstly, that pissed me off, because I haven't been called fat in a long time. I thought I progressed past that stage, since a lot of people tell me I'm not fat now anyway. I think they are lying, but anyway, he was like, Well, tell him he needs to shut his fucking mouth before I hit him in the face. And this kid is on some ser- serious steroids, and he's a jock slash football player, that whole deal. He could whoop my ass in four different languages, so I was paranoid of him sucker punching me today, which didn't happen. I figure this will blow over, but if not, then I've got an equalizer. It's called a smiley. But, anyways, you, yeah, like so- socially, I've really been sucking lately. Like anything that has to do with other people, I failed at this year. But I don't feel like typing anymore, so I guess with this I am done. I think a smiley was like uh, something me and my cousin made. It was like some some kind of a something you put in your hand that you can like whack someone with.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I love that. Like I act like just because I have something like that, I, I'm I'm still gonna be able to like fight, you know? Because you have to be able to like connect the punch. Yeah. I mean if the dude walks up to me and we get into a fight, like he's gonna knock my ass out before I ever even get a chance to use my smiley. (laughs) Smiley. Jesus Christ. Does it
1: have a smiley face on it, (sighs) dude? Who
0: knows, Mike? Who knows?
1: It was like a watchman button. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's what I thought of. First thing I thought of too, kinda. Um, (laughs) alright, so that's the end of the podcast, mercifully. Um If you want to follow us on Patreon to get this podcast early and to suggest ideas for future episodes, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Once again, that is patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, If you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, we have an awesome group with awesome people in the group. Just go to um, Facebook and search uncovering unexplained mysteries and then go to the group section and you'll find us. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to me and Mike's content, but maybe you want more Mike and you want zero Josh, or maybe you want all me and zero Mike. Well, you, we have different individual YouTube channels where we do all kinds of different interesting content. We did our YouTube channels before this podcast was ever even a fucking star in my eye. Uh, that was a weird statement. Anyway, uh, Mike's, <laughs> Mike's podcast or YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash OCP communications that is youtube.com slash O-C-P communications. Mike's a movie guy. He loves talking about movies. What was the last thing you did, Mike?
1: The last uh, thing I did, I actually talked about an anime. It was a request. Uh, paid request. Was it from and it uh, It was a <laughs> Cyber City Oedo 808. It was an OVA. What's an OVA? Uh, uh, it's. I'm trying to remember exactly what the, what that, it's like I don't remember the, what the abbreviation stands for. But, uh, it's, a, it's not like a typical, uh, anime film because it's a series. It's kind of like a mini series. So it's like three parts. Um, usually the OVAs are like three, uh, two or three parts. Um, so reviewed that. I also reviewed Angel Heart. Um, and, uh, uh, I want to talk about Cheesy, uh, a cheesy B-movie uh, called Jim Cotta from the 80s, which has uh, this martial arts uh, form that combines gymnastics and martial arts together.
0: <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, go to Mike's channel if you want to know more about that shit. Uh, my channel is, is <laughs> called uh, YouTube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts. That is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. That's also the name of my band, and we're on all streaming platforms, such as Spotify. So you should check out our music on there, which is different than my YouTube content. On my YouTube channel, I like to cover music, historical stuff, do little mini documentaries. I like to review albums. I like to make, you know, worst to best lists. You did a
1: live stream uh, talking about uh, Daft Punk.
0: Yes, I did. My most recent video was a little live stream I did. Um, discussing the the breakup uh, uh, as of a few days ago of um, one of my one of my first uh, most influential bands as far as electronic music goes, and that's Daft Punk. I remember buying their CD Discovery in two thousand and one, and fucking loving the hell out of that album. And it it really like Moby and Daft Punk were like my two early influences that really got me into electronic music, and. Um, Gave me the appreciation that I have for it. Um, that's why mm-hmm. a lot of Dancing with Ghost music is... It's got a lot of electronic influences in there. Because I i don't want to be in a band where it's just guitar. Or I don't want to be like a DJ and I just make, you know, electronic beats. I want to fuse both together like Depeche Mode did and, you know, Rammstein and mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails. Like, I love the bands that combine synthesizers and guitars. Because you can get this huge sonic sphere of sound with that and i just really evolved that's yeah. always appealed to me so um daft punk was a yeah, huge I, I
1: like that a lot too yeah. i like the combination of those two uh, genres is a big reason why i'm such a big fan of the new retro wave yeah uh it's because there's a good amount of songs that combine uh guitars and, uh, and electronics and uh to create like some really unique uh blends of uh different instruments right um and uh, he also did a video on Billie Eilish that didn't isn't doing that well, but uh, she's getting a documentary anyway.
0: Mike, did you have to point yeah. out the fact that the video's not doing well? I mean, could we at least create the illusion that maybe my videos do well?
1: <laughs> we already kind of talked like, about it. Oh that yeah, it was
0: uh, you know Josh's video, which uh, kind of you know the views aren't going very good on it, and it kind of sucks. But uh, it's about Billie Eilish, and uh, you know,
1: no, well- no, I mean, <laughs> we already talked about how it wasn't doing well last week yeah that, that's what that's what i that's what i what i was going with
0: um but yeah Mike, you, she's got a documentary. You, you probably should never work at like a suicide hotline
1: yeah i'm not planning on doing anything like that so uh
0: so. i've heard everything you told me and it sounds like your life kind of sucks uh <laughs> that would be like beavis and butthead working at a suicide hotline <laughs> uh your life sucks yeah like maybe you should do it yeah do it do it jump jump jump
2: yeah you said it
0: beavis (laughs) um yeah so um fucking go to my channel and check out that bullshit that would be
1: the beavis and butthead episode that would get banned yeah probably (laughs) (laughs)
0: um all right guys well that's the podcast for this week i hope you enjoyed it um yeah see you later bye see ya
2: Near a tree by a river, there's a hole in the ground Where an old man of iron goes around and around And his mind is a beacon in the veil of the night Strange kind of fashion, there's a wrong and a right But to never, never fight over you I've got two strong arms Blessings of Babylon and days instead of me. Do do do, on bluebird here. Near a tree by a river, there's a hole in the ground where an old man of iron goes around and around. His mind is a beacon in the veil of the night. For a strange kind of fashion, there's a wrong and a right. But he'll never, never fight over you. No, he'll never, never fight over you.
0: I am not afraid of any ghost. Bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. bum 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 <laughs> Bum 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 What what is
1: this? The yeah. uh, uh, stuck up uh, white man, conservative white man,
0: uh, uh, Gr- karaoke version bra- of Ghostbuster. Dramatically correct, yeah, version, yes. I am not afraid of any ghost.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Busting makes me feel good.